you feel the tenderness of God? Just His love this morning, it's beautiful. So surrounding us, He wants to reveal Himself, who He is. He's such an amazing, tender-hearted God, amazing Father. Amen. Do you know, as we were worshiping this morning, my brain works in strange ways, so forgive my, the dots I'm joining, but I was reminded of, um, of the times with our kids when we were, when Jane was pregnant and we would ask the Lord for a name and, you know, you, sometimes you go to name books and places to find a name. And I was just picturing God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit all together for the beginning of time, just going through a name book. Can you picture that? Okay, I'm being naughty. <laughs> the reality is it's difficult for God to give himself a name because of who he is. He's so big. Amen. That's why Yahweh actually is not really Yahweh. Yahweh is a bunch of letters. The best we can do is put some vowels in between and then try and make something of it. But we, his names that he gives us are the description of who he is. That's best he can do. And that's why he can just say, I am. It's like, I am. What, what? I am. Yes, I am. I am. But what the beauty and the wonders for me is the name of Jesus. Because Jesus means salvation. And literally what we're celebrating this morning is, is with his death on the cross, he became salvation to every single one of us. He filled the gap. It's why he sits at the right hand of God right now. It's why he's called the son of man. Because he took care of everything. And now he fills the gap. He ever lives to intercede on our behalf. And we never fall short. No matter what we're going through, what the challenges, whatever we face, if we've got Jesus, we've got salvation. Amen? And salvation is not just a ticket going to heaven. It never was, never will be. It's actually a whole lot more than that. It's wholeness. Delivered, set free, made whole, all, everything complete. No matter what we're going through and you get born again, Jesus becomes our salvation. And in that name. So when you and I put our trust in that name, in the name of Jesus, there's never any shortcoming. He's our salvation. Simply this morning, just worshiping Him because no matter what I walk through, whatever happens in life, my trust and my faith is in Him. It's in the name of Jesus. Not a name, like in a name book. It's who He is. He's the King. He's the Lord of Lords. I put my trust, my confidence in who He is. He's my salvation. And He then works it out through my life. That simple. That's not what I want to preach, but I, I just, I felt there's so much of that tenderness on the heart of God. He's, he's interested in every single person. He's singing over people. He's going, I see you, daughter. I see you, son. I'm, what you need, I'm that. And he can't let you down because his name isn't a name. It's who he is. He is salvation. Woo. 
I'm, I'm still unpacking this, but I just feel like I'll just run through this very quickly. I feel like we go through life and we do a whole bunch of stuff that God's given us natural gifts to do that, that creates wealth or that gives us wealth. He's the creator of wealth, but it gives us wealth in our lives. But that tires us out. So what we've done with the nighttime is to rest from the tiring things that we've done in the flesh during the day. I honestly believe the nighttime was never meant for that. Woo. This guy's gone cuckoo. See, God never sleeps. Jesus said, come to me and I will give you rest. You don't find rest in front of the TV, watching a movie. See, what that does is make your mind even more busy. Then you go to sleep for 10 hours and feel like you've hardly slept. So you find rest in Him. A mind stayed on Christ is at peace. See, if we can get our quieten our souls down, we can let our spirit commune with God. That happens while we're in bed sleeping. There's something in the night times that God's wanting to do. He's wanting to commune with you. He's wanting to refresh you. When Jesus becomes your rest, He wants to speak to you. He wants to make deposits in the night time. You don't have to be a night owl. You just have to learn to rest and put your mind on Him. Do you know, Izzy said something to us, Jane, now we were just chatting to her. She said, um, for a lot of people, the reason why they don't remember what they dream is because their soul is not at rest. Your soul needs to rest in order for you to remember your dreams. Because we're, all, we're always dreaming. Did you know that? Because it's our spirit man communing with God. And he's in the realm of the spirit. Ooh. Do you know what the point of this whole exercise is on the earth? It's to be like him. We were made in his image. We were made to be sons and daughters. And the whole point is to restore us back into the image of how we were created, sons and daughters. Amen. In relationship with him. And God is spirit, and we are spirit beings made in His image, and He wants to restore us back to that communion of fellowship of sons and daughters with the Father. How many know John chapter 14, verse 6? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Anybody who wants to go to heaven has to say this prayer. Read that scripture? No? <laughs> I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus' whole plan is to restore us back to the Father as a son and a daughter. Restore us back into communion, into fellowship with Him. Amen? That's why Matthew 23, I think it's verse 9, it says this, Call no man father on this earth. Now is he against physical fathers and we have fathers. Is he against us calling them father? No, he's trying to make a point. For the sake of time this morning, I'll simply say this. The point that he's making is don't let your biology shape you. Because you might have had a good father, you might have had a bad father. 
You might have had a great life. You might have had a bad life. You might have gone to university. You might have not gone to university. You might have gone to a great school. You might not have gone to a great school. You might have had a great sister. You might have not had a great sister. You might have had a great mom. You might not have had a great mom. You might have had a whole bunch of stuff that happened in your life, and we blame it. And he says, no, no, you have one father. Read the scripture. It's beautiful. You have one father, our father in heaven. He shapes you. Don't let this life shape you. Let him shape you. Because he restored us back to being sons and daughters of him. Now, that's, I'm not knocking any great fathers. I have, I've got a great father. But I'm talking about an even greater father. I'm talking about that's who I am. That's who shapes me. I'm a son and a daughter of his. Amen. So we come into fellowship. We come into relationship with him. We come back as sons and daughters. We're now communing. We're loving him. And then amazingly and beautifully, John chapter 17, verse 3 simply says, And this is eternal life that you pray a prayer and that you go to heaven. This is eternal life, that you know me, the Father, and they also know the Son, Jesus Christ. So this is eternal life, that you might know me. It's wonderful. Where is eternal life? Sal beautifully was singing there and saying, it's not a moment. This is it. Yes, this is it. This is it. This is eternal life. This, it's knowing him. It's having communion with him. It's having fellowship with him. Oh, no, but... Uh, I, I thought we were going to heaven. Well, yes, you die before Jesus comes again. You will go to heaven. I'll tell you why you'll go to heaven. You'll go to heaven because that's where the Father is. That's where his home is. But if Jesus comes again, that's not where his home is going to be because now there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And he's going to make his home This is beautiful, friends. It's eternal life. It's getting to know Him, getting to know the Father, relationship. I'm back, a son and a daughter. Woo, you walk with me, you talk with me. I don't know what the hell the rest of the song goes. But, um, <laughs> and you walk with me, and you talk with me, and you do whatever. But the reality is, is this relationship, that's what eternal life is. Eternal life is this beautiful relationship. And if while I'm in this beautiful relationship, something has to come my way, that I have to depart from this planet, I will go and be in my home with my Father who I've got relationship with, who I've been building with, who I'm in fellowship with anyway. If not, then this, this earth is going to pass away. A new heaven, new earth. My father's going to come make his home there because he wants to have fellowship and he wants us to be a family. And salvation was never about an individual, was never about us uh, being able to now add something. Friends, Christianity doesn't start until you die. You have to die in order to live. You can't incorporate Christ. You can't add him on. He's not an addition. It says you must be born again. You are translated out of the kingdom of darkness into his marvelous light. You become a new creature, a son and a daughter of God, transformed into a living reality of an amazing father. And he used that word father because it's the best way he could describe who he is. And today you're feeling the tenderness of a son. You're feeling the tenderness of a father over his family. One of the words in relation to father as well is a shepherd. A beautiful shepherd because we're sheep. Great analogy. Not the cleverest of animals. 
tend to do things over and over again. Yesterday, I walked along this path, and I fell into a hole. Today, there seems to be a path there. Let me walk along it. Maybe there's not a hole today. That's sheep. And they really, really need a great shepherd. A shepherd would come along and go, not to worry. No. Yes, you've done it seven times, you beautiful thing. Just come here now, come here. Yes, go around, yes, round the hole. That's the way to do it. And go, there's where the good grass is, yes. It's a good shepherd. That's Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. When I make him my shepherd, when I have a relationship, when he's my father, I'm his son. Oh, he leads me. I'm learning. I'm journeying. He's a shepherd. He's guiding me. He leads me beside still waters, places that will calm my life. He gives me beautiful pastures that are green. Better make this legal. Okay, let's go to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. I don't think I'm going to finish what I had on my heart, but I just want to read some scriptures. John chapter 10. He's so amazing. I just want us to catch his heart. You know, when we talk about the cross, talk about, what I always go here is the cross, I'm not sure, but anyway. We talk about the cross. <laughs> we, it's such a beautiful picture of the actual sacrifice, but it's such a picture of love. And it's on a Sunday that we don't just think of what he did for us, but what he has transferred us and transformed us into, we want to celebrate and uh, he's my shepherd. I was lost as a sheep with no shepherd. He's my shepherd. Let me just read from verse, uh, they're all good. You can start reading from verse 1. I'll jump to verse 11. It says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. So there'll be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Isn't that powerful scripture? It's talking about the resurrection. It's talking about Christ is saying, and I was given a mandate from God. I was given authority from God. No one can take my life. I lay it down and I can pick it up again. But four times he says there that I lay down my life for the sheep. And then he wants to help us understand something here. So he talks about a shepherd. He talks about sheep. And he talks about this other guy called a hireling. Best way we can understand that is he throws in there a word called owner or ownership. How many of you have driven rented cars how many of you have rented houses and accommodation, leased vehicles? 
How many know it's the most funnest vehicle ever to drive? Because you don't own it. The only way they can keep you in, in check is to give you a bit of fear by threatening you with major money uh, issues if you do scratch or do some damage to the car. Otherwise, you would just have incredible fun in it. You just go wild, right? Because it's not yours. So you don't care. What he's trying to tell us here and compare to us is that he cares about every single sheep. He loves them. He lays down his life for them because he's the owner. When it's my house, pass up. Somebody else's house, hey, somebody else's problem. But when it's my house. He's trying to show us here this amazing love that a shepherd has, that he takes ownership. This is my sheep. I lay my life down for them. When the wolf comes, I don't go, hey, well, what's a couple of sheep? Off you go, have your way. I'm going to take a quick duck. I'll come back and see who survived. That's what a hireling does. See, and that's not who we are. We're not hirelings. We're actually all sheep and shepherds who love the sheep, who will lay their life down for the sheep. Amen? This is a declaration, a beautiful picture of Christ, of him giving his life. Friends, what was the three wolves that he was dealing with? Sin, death, judgment. He was a shepherd, and he faced the wolves of sin, death, and judgment. And he laid his life down for the sheep. And he took care of those three wolves. And he gave his life. But no man can just take Jesus' life because he has authority because the Father gave him a mandate. So we could have said, okay, it was even. Jesus died, sin, death, and judgment taken care of, it's even. And he said, no, no, it's not even. I'm going to get raised up from the dead. I'm going to take back my life because I'm a shepherd. And I'm going to take care of the sheep. He didn't leave, leave, leave us. He didn't leave us shepherdless. He came back to be the shepherd that we need. We are sheep, but we are always needing a shepherd. We're always in, in need of bombs dropping in the middle of services to wake everyone up. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck was that? <laughs> See, that was all planned. What did I say last night? <laughs> We're all in need of pacemakers just to help us. <laughs> We're all in need of a shepherd. <laughs> just go to John chapter 20, and I'll probably end with this. John chapter 20. Lucky, I need my hands-free kit because we wouldn't get a boom. Let's read this quickly and then I'll just share this. Just, just quickly. John chapter 20. Um, On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked 
where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Okay. Let me just leave it there. Picture this, Jesus has died, and now it's his first appearance back with the, with the disciples, and they're in a room, they're locked away, fear of the Jews, fear of somebody coming and catching them, knowing who they are, they might also get into trouble, might also be killed, and they're all tightly all locked away in this little room, um, and uh, Jesus comes straight in, doesn't use the door, doesn't need a key, just walks straight in, and uh, shows them his marks on his hands, has something to eat, tell, showing them that actually he is, it's not a ghost, it's just a different body. It's not a ghost. And then he stands right in the midst of them, not on the outside, not just sneaks in on the quiet in the back. Yoo-hoo, it's me. Comes right into the very middle. First thing he says, peace. Peace be with you. And then he says, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Peace, power, purpose. So right there is the gospel in that little encounter as he came back. What's the mandate? As the Father sent me, I'm sending you. What's Jesus? He's a shepherd. Ladies, laugh down for the sheep. As the Father is sending me. And then he empowers us with Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit divinely enabling us to do this. We can't do this by ourselves. We only do it by Holy Spirit. But before all of that, he simply says, peace. You and I need to come to a place of peace first. So what's happening in the world today? So much stress, things going on. You're going, there's not enough time in the day and it seems like hours are being lost and I can't get everything done and I'm freaking out and the week is short and this, that, and the other. And he's going, Peace. Come to that place of peace. How do you do that? Use your night times. That'll be a good thing. Switch off the TV. Stop watching the news. Close the newspaper, the horror story book, or the series of garbage. Quieten down. Your mind stayed on Christ. Let that peace come back into our hearts and lives. Let Him come to minister. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. Come to Jesus and learn from him. Peace. But one of the most incredible hidden little gems in the story is that Christ, as a redeemed Savior and Lord, one, you can't lock him out. You might be trying very hard right now to lock him out. You can't lock him out. You might feel things in your life have locked him out. You can't lock him out. He doesn't need a door. He doesn't need a key. He walks through walls. I want to encourage you. You can put all the walls you want up today. You can try and surround yourself with a whole bunch of protection. He's coming in. Because he's your shepherd. And he loves you and he lays his life down for the sheep. That's the first one. The second one is fear. He comes in spite of fear. 
You may be sitting here fearful. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to do this. How am I going to finish? How am I going to, where's the money going to come from? Where's this, that, and the other? He just loves to just come in the midst of fear. Fear doesn't scare Jesus. He loves to come into the midst. Amen? And the third one is he came into the midst. He doesn't come on the outskirts. God is not an outskirts God. He's a middle God. He comes right into the center of your challenges, your difficulties, wherever you are, he just comes in. Because he wants to display who he is. He is love. He is a father. He is a shepherd. He wants to love you. And he will always just keep on loving you. Amen. And that's because of Jesus. Because he redeemed us back into this relationship. He redeemed us back so that we could have our shepherd back in his rightful place over our lives as his sheep. From scriptures, I will read them quickly while I'm going through. He, uh, Hebrews 13. I don't have time to preach it, but I'll just read it. Hebrews 13. Listen to this beautiful scripture. Verse 20, it says, Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing to his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, it's through the blood of Jesus Christ, the eternal covenant, he will equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in you and I that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? Uh, one uh, Peter, last scripture this morning, 1 Peter chapter 2. Let's just read verses uh, 24. It's also a beautiful scripture about what Christ has done. 24, 25. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. He's our eternal shepherd. And although we are so much more than sheep, we always need our great shepherd. Because when he is my shepherd, I shall not want because he's leading me, my faith and my trust is in this most amazing, beautiful shepherd that cares about me, that will lay his life down for me. My life is worth more than his life. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? It's just the beauty of God this morning wanting to tell us. It's why he ministers so beautifully, why he's interested in every single one of us. If you've got aches, if you've got pains, if you've got challenges, why he sings over you. It's because he is so incredibly in love with you because he's a shepherd. You're his sheep and he loves you so much. He had to remind us four times, I lay my life down for the sheep. I give everything for the sheep. They're my everything. They're my all. They're beautiful. Amen. Shall we stand this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. My prayer 
for every single one of us this morning is that we would no longer look at the name of Jesus as, some, as a name. We would rather look at who he is, his beautiful face. We sang such tender words this morning. I know for some of us as males, it's kind of like, eh, mm, looking in his face, I love your kisses, woo, okay. But it's actually about the nature and the character and the heart of God, the tenderness of what do you experience when somebody kisses you? You experience the emotions of tenderness and love and somebody who cares, somebody who just wants to embrace you and who loves you. Kisses is an expression of love. Just as if you're comfortable to have your eyes closed this morning, just, I just feel like the Lord wanting to, for us to embrace, for us to understand the tenderness and the love of God that in Christ, in Jesus, he was given the name salvation. Messiah. So that we can put our trust and our faith in him. Sunday always comes after the Friday. And read some scriptures, Romans chapter 4, verse 25. Friday comes because he died for our sin. Sunday comes because he was raised for our justification. Friends, when your sin has been forgiven, when the record has been wiped clean, when you now have been justified just as if you had never sinned, there's no point in staying dead. <laughs> He's made you alive. He came alive so that you and I could be made alive. He's raised us up and we seated with him. We were made in his image to be sons and daughters. We're his family. He's our father. And he says, just as the father sent me, I send you. Love the sheep. Have fellowship with the sheep. Stay close to the sheep help the sheep we're not hirelings church we take ownership you see Jesus knew that was our old nature and the old man Well, Matthew 7, I think it's verse 12, it says that what you wish others would do to you, do to them. Or Philippians 2, I think verse 3 to 5 talks about not doing, not counting yourself more valuable than others, but count others more valuable than yourself. Father, I want to pray for us as your sheep, as one of the sheep, also as a shepherd, an 
under shepherd underneath you. I just want to pray for us as a congregation. First and foremost, Lord God, I want to pray for us as sheep that we would understand the incredible tenderness and loving heart of the shepherd. How much he loves us. How much he gave everything for us. And that we would have an understanding that we never fall short anymore. No matter how much you might think you fall short or what you've done or what you've said or, you know, I've said some terrible things or I've said some things. Thank God it's not about us. It's about Him and what He did. That we are now in Christ and when we stand before God, we stand in Him and He never falls short. That's why He's sitting at the right hand. Because he ever lives to stand in the gap and to say, that's my, that's my son, that's my daughter, that's my, that's my friend, that's my brother, that's my sister. And they qualify. He ever lives to be your and my salvation. He is our living hope. No matter what you are going through. He is your living hope. He is your salvation. He has paid the eternal price for you to live complete and whole and in fellowship and in relationship with the Father. So there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God anymore. We're His family. We were made in His image. We are new creatures in Christ. We have been transformed. And not only have we been transformed, but we have been placed in this amazing family of sheep. Never to compare each other, because how many of you know that it's very difficult to set sheep apart? They all look exactly the same. Because in God, you're all beautiful. You're all wonderful. You're all the same. You're amazing. And he would die for every single one of you. If, he, if it was just you, he would have died. And the cry of God's heart is just in the tenderness of me loving you. I want you to do the same for those around you. Because I read this morning, Jesus said, there are other sheep that I have as well. They need to come into the fold so that we can have one group of sheep and one shepherd. There are so many people out there, church, that are needing to know about the good shepherd. There's so many people there that need us to love them just as Christ loves them. The mandate over us first and foremost is as a group of sheep is peace we need the peace of God to come we need Holy Spirit to fill us divinely enable us and we need to walk as sheep and shepherds in the love of God to gather everyone in together so that they can all all of us can have one shepherd so, Father, I just pray over every single person here today as you've tenderly and beautifully been ministering by the Holy Spirit to every single person. I just pray right now 
that your love would so surround every person that they would get such a revelation of you as their shepherd, how much you love them, that they would put their faith and their trust totally in you. Put their confidence in you, Lord God. So no matter what they're walking, you are their deliverer. You will set them free. You will make them whole. And Lord, as they are set free and made whole, that they would become that to others. We become a living testimony and become the body of Christ. To be just like Jesus, as he is the head, we're the body. Everything that we do just expresses Jesus' heart. That we care and we love. To a hireling, it's just a job. To a shepherd, it's my life. That we would, it would become our life, Lord. I ask this in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. I ask today, Holy Spirit, that you would seal that which you're doing and imparting. As revelation comes, Lord God, may we become more and more the true body and the sheep that you've called us to be and that you would become our shepherd and that you would lead us so that not one would want in this place. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.